Welcome to Better Health in the Borderland, a podcast that focuses on health and well-being throughout the Borderland region. In this episode, we'll hear about excruciating pain and the ability of a young brain surgeon to bring exhilarating relief to a woman who had been suffering for nearly a decade. It was a time of new beginnings for Christine. Her family was young. Her second son had just been born. Popular music artists at the time included Taylor Swift, Beyonce, and to a large extent at that time, the Black Eyed Peas, and their hit, I've Got a Feeling. For Christine, it was a great time of new beginnings in her life, but something else was new, pain. Meanwhile, on the other side of the globe, a budding physician was graduating medical school. His name was Dr. Akshay Gupte, and he is one of El Paso's top neurosurgeons and he became the answer to Christine's prayers. Over the coming months, the pain continued. Dentists, doctors, and others could not give her any help when it came to finding the source of the pain. One night, while lying in bed, it struck. It was no toothache. It was a relatively rare condition that causes excruciating head and face pain, called trigeminal neuralgia. We begin with Christine. I was sleeping soundly, and all of a sudden, a sharp pain, a constant pulsing shock was just going through my face. And it woke me up out of a sound sleep. And, and so this was, this was, was again in year 2000. This was 2009, okay. early um, in January. I guess a day or two later, I was brushing my teeth. I had an electric toothbrush at the time, and it started again. And it went for about 45 minutes and at really level 10 out of 10. Oh, my gosh. And it didn't stop. And when then it finally did stop and it was fine and I could eat again. And I, I mean, at that point, I had no idea what was going on. So, I mean, that's crippling pain. I mean, that's, oh, that's yes, kind of pain. Absolutely. That, like, yeah. you have to do something. It's, it's really, I imagine probably what a taser feels like. Oh, my I mean, gosh. this is... I hate to be like really exaggerating, but I'm not. They call it the suicide disease. It's called trigeminal neuralgia. Oh my gosh. The trigeminal nerve is tri for three, and it has three branches. One is your forehead, the other one is your eye and upper cheek, and the one that affected me is the, the mandibular, the lower branch. It would be a short shock of different degrees of pain, of uh, pain level. Um, and I had already taken the hydrocodone or Vicodin or whatever it was they'd given me. And it, you know, nothing, didn't touch it, no difference. And I'm going through that. And then they're doing the exam, checking for cold and hot and any problems with my teeth. And finally, I'll never forget it. He just I'm sitting in the dentist chair and he just takes his hand, puts it on my shoulder and says, you need to see a neurologist. And by then, I had done enough Googling. I knew what he was talking about. I knew about, we call it TN, the trigeminal neuralgia. I knew that's what it was, but I didn't want it to be that because you can't take pain medicine for it. It doesn't work. The pain began to grow in frequency, affecting her daily life and those around her. Oh, yeah. It just really slowed me down. Um, yeah, I gained some weight. Um, I did have a remission 
during which I got pregnant with my third baby, my right. son. And um, about two trimesters in, thankfully, he was fully developed at that point. It came back and it came oh, back kind of hard. You and I are ta- talking right now. I've forgotten a word once. I used to be in the middle of a sentence and just lose the word all the time. I oh, forgot no. what was going on. I would literally forget things. And that's kind of scary. Um, but I, I had to just keep going with my life. The pain continued for Christine. In the coming years, she dealt with it in ways that she best knew how. I had started teaching again, very part-time at my son's school, um, teaching music to to these wonderful kids with dyslexia and and um, ADHD and autism and just just a great community of kids. I love them. Um, but the TN started coming back again. The medicine wasn't working. I barely made it through a December concert. Like maybe anybody's touched an electric fence. You know, you plug something in the wall yeah. and you get a shock and right. it might hurt a little. It's not a big deal. Or you might have plugged it in just the right way. You've got a good shock and it does hurt. Okay. And that's what I would have. It was around Christmas and the pain had returned. It, it does play, play with you mentally. I, uh, you know, when you're a mom of young kids, you don't really have a lot of leeway and they keep you very busy. Did it worry you? Or there, was there anything about this that worried you in terms of your, your long-term health? I'll be honest with you. I, I prayed a lot and I trusted a lot. And I didn't give myself the time to get really down. Because when you do that, you can't function anymore. Oh, yeah. Christine had had enough. She had spoken with her family and she was ready for surgery. I had spoken with my husband and we said, well, the surgery is, uh, it might work. Not at all. Might work for a year or five or 10. Uh, So that's what my plan was. And I had the, uh, I had the appointment. Yet at the same time across the nation, businesses and doctor's offices, especially in New York, were closing down. Coronavirus hit. And right as it was hitting, I was becoming incapacitated. So I did the best I could uh, until I couldn't anymore. And then I wasn't able to eat, talk, swallow. Mm. Um, We went to the ER at UMC and um, I had to be admitted. It was at that time that she finally got to meet Dr. Akshay Gupte. Dr. Kassar, my neurologist, had contacted Dr. Gupte, and so he came and visited me, which I'm very grateful for. I got a call from one of my neurology colleagues, Dr. Kassar. Um, She has been a patient of Dr. Kassar, uh, who's been managing her trigeminal neurology from a medical perspective with medications. And... It has been a, a little bit of a struggle in her case. So Dr. Kassar reached out to me saying, Christine uh, is going through this situation. Could you help out? And I said, absolutely. This is what um, I do. And uh, why is she traveling to New York for this? Uh, we can absolutely take care of her. Where is she right now? Um, and she said, she's in the ER. I said, oh, absolutely. This is, I'm on call. That works out perfectly. So I walk down. I find her. 
um, and I get to know her uh, through Dr. Kassara and just walk down. I, I meet her, um, introduce myself and get to learn about her. Mm-hmm. And that's when she tells me that she's been suffering for almost 10 years, mm-hmm. um, has been tried with medical options like medications and, and other things. And to some a certain extent, they were successful. But as these flare-ups would start to happen and they were increasing in frequency, she wanted to get this addressed surgically, which is one of the very, very um, uh, great ways of helping this patient population with. Um, and so she obviously, given her background and given her husband's background, she had significant amount of knowledge in this field. Uh, she knew the kind of surgical treatment options there were available. She knew what the risks of each of them were, and she knew where the best in the country for each of them that that were available and what she wanted to do. So she was crystal clear about what she wanted. When she came across to me as this is this is what she'd been suffering for 10 years, uh, it, 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 it flashed the number of patients that I've treated for this problem in my mind. This is what a, a typical patient tells me. It started out of nowhere. This pain just is devastating. Um, I can't think of anything. I can't eat anything when this happens. I, I, I'm just uh, incapacitated from the, from the pain on my face. And over time, this is getting worse, Doc. So what, what can we do for this? And this is when we as neurosurgeons step in and say, this is the time we need to see us. Mm-hmm. If things can be managed with medications, sure enough, you don't need to do an operation. Mm-hmm. Let's skip that part for now. But if things get out of control, we need to be there. We we have a number of options available that let's talk about them. So when I got to know her, knowing that she's been suffering for 10 years and medications have not been helping her, I said, this is the time that we need to talk. It wasn't always that El Paso had the same level of expertise that UMC currently has. Dr. Akshay Gupte learned from one of the best in the nation when it comes to this particular type of procedure. He brought that expertise to El Paso to work on cases very much like Christine's. So before coming to El Paso, I was working and learning in in, uh, Minneapolis at the University of Minnesota. And interestingly, Dr. Janetta, who was the pioneer of this operation, was uh, the, the mentor for my chairman at the University of Minnesota. My chairman was Dr. Stephen Haynes, and he learned from Dr. Janetta himself. So the surgery and the lineage that's been passed on to me is the Dr. Janetta lineage. Mm-hmm. It's his style of doing it's the It's like operation. a pedigree. Exactly. Um, and which is what she wanted, interestingly, which is what she was going to, she was trying to find a neurosurgeon in New York who does that operation with the Janetta technique. So when she talked about Janetta technique, I said, this is what I do. You don't need to travel anywhere. That's that's exactly what I do. What causes this ailment? It's interesting. Nobody knows really what causes this. Um, there have been reports about uh, patients having a dental work done or some kind of a trauma, and a few days or a few weeks after this pain starts up. Mm-hmm. But in other patients, there's no inciting factor. It just shows up from somewhere. And they out of have, the blue. Out of the blue. And so we don't know if it's genetic. We don't know if it's environmental. We don't know anything. Right. Absolutely. Her case was interesting um, in the sense that we were, um, her MRI was clean. We did not see any tumors, and that's what I mean by clean. Um, We did expect um, there was a small vessel that we could see on the MRI that was very close to the nerve. Um, And that enough, that is a hint enough to, for us to 
say this would be a good candidate for an operation. One thing that's interesting that we see, a lot of patients tell me with this disease is they can't eat. Mm-hmm. I actually had a patient who was admitted because she was losing weight. Wait, wait, wait back up. So, so they can't eat because, because of, of the, pain. the pain? Anytime they move their face, they're, they're chewing, um, and they drink a, you know, a, a cold glass of water, and the pain just triggers. And they're, they're, uh, it's, it's extreme for them to even move their face and trying to swallow. So this, is, this can impact your lifestyle and can impact your food habits and thus lead you to um, um, starvation. It can lead to dehydration. While this disease has affected Christine's appetite, it has caused far worse in other patients, just like her. Interestingly enough, this used to be known as the suicide disease. Mm. In the past, in the 60s and 70s, there were not great options, uh, medically even, to treat these patients, mm-hmm. which is why patients would commit suicide, because the pain was such so excruciating. If you think of it from a nerve perspective, this was the least invasive operation because we're just moving the blood vessel away and tucking a cushion. We're caressing it. There's no cutting. There's no resection. Scooching it out of the way. Absolutely. And so from a nerve perspective, it is so elegant and no, not even invasive because we're not damaging the nerve. We're not, we're not doing any ablation or some kind of a lesion to it by, by electrical stimulation or cold or anything. We're just mobilizing it away. Moving it aside. What, what is that pillow made out of? It is Teflon. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and it is, uh, some, some people use a different different material. but mm-hmm. um, And so we use a small piece of that. Um, I actually take it, uh, small threads of it out and create a pillow. Um, and that's what Dr. Janetta would do. Um, and that's what we use to kind of tuck it in between the vessel and the nerve. And obviously there are risks of the, with every operation. And we do all the necessary steps, including... Um, special GPS navigation for the brain, monitoring of the special nerves surrounding the the nerve that we are working at, mm-hmm. um, and all the other things to make sure that that the patient is safe at all times right. during the operation. Kind of cool. Yeah, thank you. And um, it, it is a very very elegant operation um, and done well. We have the right if we have the right patient um, and this performed well and safely can give you extremely you know, great results. I expect her pain to be gone for a long, long time. And it's not just me, it's my operative staff, who are, mm-hmm. who, all of the guys who are helped with the positioning part of the, the anesthesia team, which is tremendous at UMC. Um, uh, the, the patient care, the preoperative and the postoperative care, the nursing care, all of this combined, I think, and makes makes a team effort. And, and that's what we provide at UMC. Reinforces that experience. Absolutely. That yeah. So I could do the best operation, but we, if we don't provide the five-star care, right. It's not uh, a complete um, uh, care that I that I believe in. So I think we as as a team uh, were able to help out um, and do a good job. And I think um, she got the benefit. I got out of the OR and I had a smile ten feet wide. I was so happy. My head was killing me, but my face didn't hurt. And I was just as soon as I woke up, I, that's I was so happy, so excited. And um, my nurse in the, um, it's not the ICU, the recovery, wherever I was, Ricky Martin, shout out to him. (laughs) He was awesome. (laughs) He was really fun. 
and he helped me with my headache. And um, then I went to the seventh floor and the seventh floor nurses were awesome too. So shout out to them. Um, I got a lot of great care at the hospital. Um, everybody was making sure that I felt okay, that, you know, my pain level wasn't too much, that I was, that I was uh, doing well. And I, I did. I got out of there fast. I couldn't have been happier. Um, recovering in the middle of a pandemic is very strange. Obviously, I'm not talking to my friends. I'm not teaching. I, there really hasn't been much of life to go back to. Um, but my brain is clearer. I'm happier. My husband and my kids will tell you, you know, I chatter a lot more. Um, I'm sewing. Um, I'll be doing more singing too. That's something I missed. This has been an episode of Better Health in the Borderland, a production of University Medical Center of El Paso. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode and story about issues of health that affect our community, our El Paso, and our borderland.